This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thank you to Rothy's for supporting our show. Rothy's comfortable, washable, and sustainable shoes and bags make getting dressed easy. Head to rothys.com slash made for this to find your new favorites today. Davy Flowers is in the house. Hey, hey, hey. If you don't know Davy Flowers, Davy Flowers, number one, is one of my favorite people and friends in Dallas, Texas. I love her. And she moved here because of me. Just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> but if she hadn't moved here, I'd be recruiting her to move here because I just love her and I love time with her. But Davy Flowers is the worship leader at our church, currently one of them. It's a big deal to have her today. I cannot wait. We're going to talk about calling because okay. honestly, your friendship has taught me so much about this. This is one of the things that I have learned from watching your life is that you know who you are, you know what you do, and you just do it. And you're not really that distracted by the noise. Like you just close your eyes and you worship God and you invite us to come along with you. So let's just start with when you knew that this was something that God had given you to to build his kingdom with. Yeah. I mean, first of all, let me just say that I wish it were true that I'm not distracted by all the noise because I feel like um, every single day I'm fighting to wade through the high volume of noise coming from every direction and fighting to cling to and hold to what I know to be true about who God is and what he's called me to big picture wise. Anyways, so I'll say like, I became a believer around eighth, ninth grade, but I've been like, a creative soul since I came out of the room. I don't remember a time where I didn't sing or write or observe life and living color and interpret and express it in my own way. Like I've just always been that type of person. And so naturally, whenever I, you know, entered into an intimate relationship with Jesus, I channeled all of that in just expressing my devotion to and affection for and fascination with him. Um, and so I've kind of been on that trajectory since, you know, 13, 14 years old. And I've, I've known since probably freshman, sophomore year of high school that I've, that I felt called to ministry, but like really had a desire to lay my life down for something bigger than myself. Um, I, I knew that my life wasn't my own. My gifts weren't my own. My resources weren't my own. And so I've kind of been on this journey since I was a young teenager. And through the years, God has continued to shape and to mold and to uh, refine and sanctify that um, calling where it used to be pretty broad in the sense of like, hey, send me wherever I'll do whatever. And that sense of calling led me to the foreign mission field for a couple of years. It led me to be a part of various parachurch organizations. And in the past seven or eight years, God has kind of narrowed down that sense of calling and giving me a, a, a heart for the church, specifically the local church, to invest my life and plant and root my life deeply in what God is doing in the local church expression. But then out of that community, out of that security, having a ministry to the broader church. And so I've known for a while and it's it's shifted and it's changed through the years. But 
one thing that has remained is that I re- recognize and realize that God is is put something inside of me that has to be stewarded. And I have, even if I haven't had the language for that, I've my heart has trembled about that since I was a young teenager. Like, hey, God is there's something unique and special here, and it's really not about me. And I I need to figure out what it looks like to be faithful to steward this in a way that is pleasing to my father. So that's I've been on that journey for a while. Well, I love how you say it because I've watched you actually live that. And that was the perfect way of expressing what I experience when you're worshiping, whether that's in my living room, which happens periodically, or in the auditorium of our church, which is thousands of people. I do feel like you don't make it about yourself. And what what we're invited into, there's just a supernatural power over your life of just connecting with Jesus. And it causes all of us to connect with Jesus. That is, is so rare and it's so powerful. Talk about the fact that you even love Jesus to begin with, because isn't that kind of a miracle based on your story? Yeah, like I didn't grow up in a believing family and historically, like back a few generations, as far as I know, there was really no real legacy of faith or or Christ followers. As far as I know, within my family, there are maybe two people that would identify as disciples of Jesus. And so, yeah, um, when you look at my family dynamic and you look at my family history and you look at what has become of the lives of most of my relatives and, and when you look at where I fall within my family and how that all plays out, it's absolutely miraculous that I am alive and healthy and whole and thriving as a person. And it is absolutely miraculous that I have a genuine, authentic friendship with Jesus. Um, And that has happened as a result of after saying yes to him as a teenager and being all in, God almost immediately surrounding me with godly men and women who almost laid their lives down to invest in my journey of discipleship. Like my, you know, I come from a really fractured, broken family. And so a huge part of my story is God fathering me and nurturing me and protecting me and providing for me through the hands and the feet and the hearts and the yes of his people who came around me in very tangible, powerful ways. So yeah, miracles on miracles over here. I want to talk about this last season that I walked with you through of making a pretty big decision. So you have the opportunity to sign with a major label and then more of a startup label comes to you that you're great friends with. And you made a choice that wasn't, it didn't worldly make sense. It wasn't the obvious move to make in the music world. And I want you to share with people, if you're comfortable with this, why you process that and what motivated that decision. Yeah. Maybe six months ago or so, I was being pursued by a major label out of Nashville to sign with them as an artist. And at the same time, like you said, I have these close friends of mine that I have journeyed with for a few years. And like, I I really do life with these people. Like these are my people that I trust. And I know for sure that we, we are of the same mind, same mission, same values. We see the kingdom in the same way. We're running in the same direction. We want to, we're asking and seeking God to do the same things. Uh, there's just that, that, that kinship and camaraderie. So I'm like weighing these two opportunities where one would very quickly shoot me to a, a, a place of a platform and, inf- and influence that 
extends far beyond my little local world here, right? And would connect me to all sorts of people who can do all sorts of things, um, opening all sorts of doors. And I'm weighing that against this opportunity where it's like, hey, we don't fully know where this is headed. This is what we're dreaming about. Here's what we're praying about. Here's what we think God is saying and what God is doing. This mission and this vision to to, um, invest in the local church through genuine, authentic expressions of worship. And we want you to come alongside that, this very risky, potentially opportunity, because it's new for all of us. And um, I'm grateful to say that it wasn't a hard decision for me because of what God has done in my heart the past, really the past year and a half of transitioning here to Dallas and how God has sort of unearthed, used some of the chaos of 2020, right? The, The perfect storm of, a global pandemic and political and national unrest and uh, rampant racism and racial division and division in the church and uh, on a global scale. And then in my personal life, moving to a new church with a new community with, with challenges that I wasn't anticipating where the expectation that I, that the expectations that I came in with don't match with the reality and God seeming to be writing a story that's different than I thought it was going to be before I got here. All of those things combined together. God just unearth this sort of pervasive restlessness deep in my soul, but then also this desperate need for people in circumstances to give me a peace that they don't have the power to give. And so I've kind of been on this journey this past year of like God simplifying everything for me and dumbing it down to the first things and reminding me of the why I've been doing a lot of just returning in my heart and and, and solidifying like, Hey, what what do I want to be about? Like, what what is the target? What are we aiming for here? Sort of just like refining vision and what it's come down to for me at this point in my life, having been in ministry for vocationally for, for, for 12 years or so, what it's come down to me is like, I want to be a part of something that is birthed out of authentic community. Uh, I want to be a part of something that is, rooted and grounded um, in the local church. I want to be a part of something with people that I know and trust, that I live life alongside, people who know what's going on in my world, people who I can readily call at any second and they're going to pick up the phone and embrace me in all of my chaos. That is more inspiring than anything else. And so it wasn't a hard decision for me to decide between uh, what God has already established for me in this worship community, uh, worship initiative community, and this huge opportunity with like, uh, as a part of an industry and a machine that I know nothing about, which obviously God is using and blessing and is fruitful and bearing, you know, bearing kingdom fruit. But I, at this point in my life, I'm way more inclined toward something that is super rooted and grounded in authenticity and in community with people that just are, we're just same mind, same mind, same heart tracking, running in the same direction. I just want everybody to understand exactly what it is that Davey's saying, that she walked away from something that had more influence, power, perhaps in the long run, even more money and said yes to something that brought her into her local church, into local community, into um, protection, under protection and submission really to people that really know you and love you. And I just think it's an amazing thing for people to hear because I know actually a lot of people that make choices like that every day that turn down opportunities 
or take the opportunity and regret it later, right? Like they lose their soul somehow in it. And, Mm -hmm. and so it's okay. Like those of you listening that are going, you know what? I, I said a yes to this thing because who could say no? I mean, it's too good of an opportunity. You don't have to, there, there can be different values in your life than success and power and, and money and control. And Davey, you have modeled that and lived that out so beautifully. And it's powerful. And I still believe that that music is going to reach the ends of the earth because it is so powerful. And the way God has wired you is so powerful. And it's an awesome team. Let's be real. I love Worship Initiative. Tell everybody just a little bit about that dream and what's coming with that. Yeah. So Worship Initiative is a ministry slash business, I guess you could call it, that is led by Shane and Shane and their team. And basically the mission and vision of the the ministry is to resource local churches with worship resources. So whether that be instrumental tutorials or charts for songs or voice lessons or devotionals that that complement certain songs. So there's that aspect where there's a whole subscription thing that you can subscribe to to have access to those those things. And we're also putting out albums. I mean, like, it seems like one a month uh, that kind of complement all those resources on that website. So that's kind of what they've been doing for the past few years. And now they're adding on this label expression where there are going to be a, a few people coming on and signing and releasing, you know, individual projects that kind of fall in line with that same mission and vision of investing in and supporting and serving the local church. So one of the things I love about Davey and our friendship is you leave her and you feel challenged and kind of noodling on things that she said. And one of the things you said this year that stuck with me is you got offline. You really closed your socials and said, hey, I'm going to take a break from online life. And as a you know leader in any sphere, that's a scary thing to do. So talk about that process and what you learned as you spent some time just off Instagram and socials? Yeah. So I did that for about maybe six months or so where I just completely cold turkey. Like I don't have any socials. I have no access, no way to get to it for the purpose of just having a real concentrated um, season of consecration to be able to, without distraction, um, disconnect from the chaos focus on cultivating intimacy in my relationship with the Lord, because I had gotten to a place where like we started off this whole conversation with where just the noise was really, really loud. And I I have a very addictive personality just by nature. So it's like, and I'm just like wholehearted. So, and that's like the glorious side of uh, the glorious side is like, I give myself fully to whatever thing I'm into, but the shadow side is like, if I'm into social media, I can just spend hours and hours and hours just like with my brain turned off, just consuming everything. And, and as a result, I am, I am anxious. I am fearful. I am prideful. I am vain. I am comparing myself to people that I wouldn't be thinking about. If I wasn't on Instagram, I am discontent with the goodness of God in my own life and in my own story. Um, I lose sight of my mission and vision and all the first things that actually matter. And that's kind of where I found myself before I was like, hey, I need to take a step back and sort of reset 
realign, return in my heart during that time. I, so I went through a 10 month, really intensive theological training program. That's part of our church where it's just like really, really, really deep dive into the word for 10 months straight. And so I, I, um, I was in that program during that time of not being on social media. So in place of being on social media for hours a day, and when I say social media, I'm Instagram, Facebook, I don't have Twitter, but YouTube, like nothing. In place of that void, I spent hours and hours before the Lord in prayer, hours and hours before the Lord wrestling with the word, hours and hours I had to give to people, to be fully present with people without being constantly distracted by passing thoughts of what's going on in other people's lives. And so I think it's really healthy. I think obviously we all have different levels of things we struggle with and sin patterns and like ditches we can fall into and like how much we can tolerate. But I think it's healthy for everybody, no matter where you fall to one, be super attentive to that and aware of like your level of consumption, but then also um, having intentional seasons where you make the choice to hit pause and uh, to set aside something that can be very can be very useful and helpful and encouraging. I'm, I'm encouraged to, on Instagram every single day, but you set aside something that's good for something that is probably better, which is just undistracted, all in, fully present communion and fellowship with the Lord. And so, yeah, I need, I need to do it again. I feel like it was a long, I feel like I feel very far removed from that sweet season because I've been back on Instagram for like maybe three or four months or so. And I'm already find myself being sucked back into the vortex, you know? Yeah. For me, it was just, it was helpful in that, um, it allowed the Lord to one highlight and reveal some like idols in my life and to highlight and reveal some tendencies that I have to be discontent and restless with God's God's goodness for me, like I said earlier, and then also gave me an opportunity to, actually hear and respond to Jesus's invitation to come to him fully present with our chaos and with our brokenness and with our mess to find all the joy, all the satisfaction, all the fulfillment, all the stability, uh, all the purpose, all the identity that we need, that we seek to, that we, we tend to seek from all the other Instagram, YouTube, whatever. Thank you to Rothy's for supporting our show. So Chloe, they sent us shoes and they were awesome. I love them. They are comfortable and you can throw them in the washing machine, which is good for me because I always ruin shoes. And so I think literally I will have these shoes forever. That's right, Jenny. It's 2021 and nobody has time for uncomfortable shoes anymore. What makes Rothy's so great? Their unique seamless design is insanely comfortable the moment you put them on. Rothy's just recently launched a new line of men's shoes that are intentionally designed. They're durable, washable, and they've been put through rigorous testing to make sure that they have the perfect fit wash after wash. I mean, guys, Rothy's is in the news everywhere as being one of the most comfortable and cute pair of flats that you'll never get tired of wearing. I have loved the flexibility that my Rothy's shoes provide because you can throw them in the washing machine. I mean, how many pairs of shoes can you do that with? So Rothy's is doing something special for us. That's right. They gave us a chance to share this super rare opportunity with our listeners for a limited time. Through August 1st, 2021, you can get $20 off your first purchase of $100 or more at rothys.com slash made for this. That's rothys.com slash made for this. Trust us, you don't want to miss this. Head to rothys.com slash made for this 
to find your new favorite shoes today. I was listening to a documentary about Charles Spurgeon last night because I'm such a dork right now. I don't even know. I found this like honey hole of weird Christian old things on Amazon Prime. (laughs) And so I'm watching this thing on Charles Spurgeon. And he was interesting because he really was clear of his calling at a young age. He was thrown into it at a young age. And yet there was a struggle. There was kind of a thorn in his life of depression. And, And I would say every leader I know that truly feels called to something, I think walks with a little bit of a limp. What do you feel like your limp is? One thing that either you struggle with or just a burden to carry? Yeah, just because of some aspects of my story where they just like a lot of abandonment, a lot of neglect, a lack of care and sacrificial love, uh, just a lot of relational brokenness in my home. So from my earliest days, I have always had this just unyielding wrestle with belonging. That's just been the banner over my life. And that has been the ache in which God has revealed himself the most profoundly and the most powerfully. And it's still, it's like I've grown leaps and bounds in that when I was younger, that that um, struggle with belonging played out in a lot of just like being super needy and having a little bit of a tendency towards codependency and just like longing desperately for people to notice me and see me and affirm me and celebrate me and embrace me into their community. I just, I've always been chasing home. I have definitely, like I said, I've grown. God has done a deep work, a deep sanctifying work. It looks different than it did 20 years ago, but still to this day, I am constantly having to be reminded um, that I have a sufficient and a safe and a secure place of belonging in fellowship with my savior. And that is enough. Like nothing can add to that or take away from that, be it a circumstance or a person. I I feel like that's a constant limp of like, I'm moving in and out of like one day I feel super secure, super steady. I'm like, I know who I am. I know who my father is. I, we're connected. My heart is alive in his love. I'm operating out of a place of being, of, of, of being loved and not to earn the affection of God. And then the very next day I'm just spinning. And so I am constantly having to, to surrender that need to create or, or 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 figure out a place of belonging for myself, you know, and surrender to the home that he has provided for me in in Jesus, in the body of Christ. Like I am, I am at home presently. There's nowhere that I'm gonna arrive where I'm gonna feel I'm gonna have more access, like access to more life than I do now. Like Jesus. Jesus is the promised land. So I have everything I need in him right now. So I'm not waiting for 10 years from now to, to, to finally have my heart settle into a home. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, so, yeah. it's powerful. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I have a couple questions for you about it, actually. First is, there are times you look like you have that. You look like you have what you've been chasing, that everyone loves you and celebrates you and 
sees you and, and it feels like from the outside that you have that, what is that like too? Because it's not just the absence of it that draws us to Jesus. It's also when we get it and it doesn't satisfy us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like on the surface, too many, my life can seem ideal, but that's because they don't know me. <laughs> or uh, so because I would say nobody's but the people in my circle who like who are in who that I have fully invited into the world of chaos that is my soul. They all know that, hey, this girl, when 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 I see her on a platform and she's jumping up and down or she's weeping or she is putting every ounce of her energy into leading God's people in worship, this girl is fighting. That's what that's right. That is what fighting looks like. What you see is like I I am the the joy is genuine and the passion is genuine and the wildly expressed affection for God is genuine. But uh, I am fighting. So that's what my fight looks like. One of my greatest weapons is to look up and to remind my soul to call to mind the goodness and greatness and the 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 glory and um the majesty of god that i have experienced and tasted and seen in very tangible ways throughout the past 17 years of of walking with him and so i just assume if you see me and i look like i'm really into what's going on you can just assume i'm working through something and that's what working through something looks like for me because 90% of the time I am working through something because I'm just an utter mess is what it is. Well, and I knew that answer and I've watched <laughs> you do that. I've watched you do that in my home um, where you have, you know, we invite you over for prayer one night and you were like, can I just bring my keyboard? And I've told some of y'all if gathering this, that you just showed up with your keyboard. And I mean, we all worked some things out that those nights there were more than one because there is something beautiful about worship that does set our hearts right. And even in the process of worshiping, we're changing and believing God, right? We're choosing to believe God in that. You moved to Dallas about the same time I did. So do you feel like starting over has, this is the next question I had about chasing home. I love that, by the way, you should write a book or a song about that. Chasing home. Do you feel like having to start over and rebuild that that has been a blessing or something that has been very difficult? I mean, can it be both? I feel like it's been, it's been a blessing because God has redeemed a lot of the hard for me as I have like persevered. <laughs> Honestly, it's felt like a, a race truly, you know, like it's been, it's been hard as hell to be honest, because this whole season has been completely different than what I dreamed about before I got here. <laughs> I feel like God blindsided me. It's like, I came to Dallas and to Texas with like all this lofty vision and ambition to like be on this wild adventure for Jesus. And I was in, in my mind, it was just this very idyllic, I'm going to go do these great things for God at this great church. And and my heart's going to be fully satisfied in him. But the reality of it is, is that for the most part, it's been this like grief laden almost Habakkuk, like how long a Lord type of situation where I'm just like, this is hard. I don't want to do this, but I have a deep peace that transcends 
all the angst that is telling <laughs> me that you're right in the middle of this. And so on the basis of Powerful. what I know to be true about you, I'm going to, I'm going to just keep putting one foot in front of another. And so there, there's been blessing, like there's a blessing in obedience, right? And there is blessing in, in perseverance. And there is a blessing in, in surrender and in submission into coming to the table again and again, when God disappoints you. And so, so it's been a blessing in the midst of a lot of messiness. Actually, this is where we end because what you just said, that the blessing in obedience and the blessing in surrender and the blessing in submission, friend, that is how I have watched you live since the moment I've known you. You just keep choosing it and it's so powerful and so beautiful. It's why I wanted everybody to know you here. And so why don't we end with a song? Wait, 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 wait. Actually, I actually I would like to flip the script for a little bit. No, what are you gonna do? Tell you about this. Nobody told you this is a surprise. I, um, somebody has commissioned me. Somebody on your team has commissioned me to ask you a few rapid fire questions. So oh I'm gonna gosh. take over now. I'm in control. Okay, baby flowers. Okay, Go. would you, Jenny Allen? I would like for you to tell me what is the song that you last listened to. Ooh, I mean. Candidly, right now, my Spotify playlist is Hot Country. <laughs> Can we even like stay friends? Mix. I don't want to be any part of any of that. Can we even stay friends, Davey, after that? <laughs> it's a very rare thing that I listen to Hot Country, but that was the last Spotify playlist. And it was okay, definitely Luke, Luke Bryan is on there. Okay. I don't know him. Anyways, okay, we're going to get a little bit deeper here. Jenny Allen, what are you scared of? Uh, what am I scared of? Less and less, actually, in my life. A lot of things I, I was scared of have happened. So um, that kind of gives you thicker skin. And I would say now these days, it's it's probably not, it's still, I mean, this one's actually a common one. I want to suck the marrow out of life. Like I want every single day to count and I want there to be, you know, something that, that lasts in the decisions I make and the way that I live that outlives my name or my life. And mm -hmm. I hope, I hope that's happening. And I would say probably a little, this is pretty deep, but on a, on a deep level, I'm asking myself if that's really happening every single day, which mm -hmm probably need some counseling candidly. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Uh, two more. Also okay. rapid fire. You know what that means? Like, like little I'm not quick. good at this. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, They're hard questions. What are you trying to control? Gosh, I mean, these are horrible. Chloe did this, didn't she? <laughs> I don't know. What am I trying to control? Uh, I am wrangling down rest right now for myself. Like I am pushing back every meeting, every thing that anybody needs from me for the next six weeks and trying my best to wrangle down a season of rest because I didn't plan ahead far enough for it. I have been working on it the last month or so, but man, I need it. I'm burning out. I got to have it. Okay. Me too, girl. Um, okay. Last question. What do you wish was different right now? What do I wish was different? Um, oh, I know. I mean, this is really deep and big, but I do wish there was more of a compassion over the world right now that we just walked through a really difficult time. And I wish sometimes in, in history, even in my lifetime, when we walk through something difficult, there's a compassion that rises up 
for each other and a kindness that rises up for each other. And I wish more of that existed rather than every issue being so heated. I wish there was more curiosity and kindness and compassion for other people. Mm-hmm. It's a big one, but it's like world peace, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Jesus, bring it. <laughs> Usher it in. World peace. Okay, that's all we got. I'll time up. No time for singing. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Was that a trick? <laughs> <laughs> that's hysterical. Okay. Well, Davy, I am grateful for you in my life. You make me better. And Ditto. no, you just made everybody else better today. So oh. thank you for hanging out. Thanks for having me. I wanted to make sure you knew about the free book club kit that we made for you that walks you through the Nothing to Prove book and the episodes that go along with each chapter. We even included some conversation questions for you to use, maybe to invite a neighbor, a friend, a sister, send them a text today, say, hey, I want to read through this book with you. I want to talk about it. I want to go a little bit deeper. So buy a copy of the book, download the free PDF on Jenny's website and do this this summer. So go to JennyAllen.com, J-E-N-N-I-E Allen.com, and you can download that free PDF today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. Podcast.